The Teachers College at Emporia State University presents How We Teach This. We are the executives of the Trauma-Informed Educators Club here at Emporia State University. I'm Maddie Douglas, the president. I'm Allison Hacker, the vice president. And I'm Blake Weber, the treasurer. Today we have Dylan Schneider and Jenny, Jenna Pennington. Would you both tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you guys do? Um, so I am a fourth grade teacher at Ravenwood Elementary. This is my um, first year teaching. I was the president and the um, one who started the trauma-informed educators um, with Melissa, I believe two years ago. Um, my name is Dylan Schneider. I am also a first year teacher. Um, I stayed in Emporia to teach after graduating from Emporia State and I teach sixth grade science at Emporia Middle School. And I also was an executive officer of trauma-informed educators um, during my time at Emporia State. Dylan and Jenna, we are so fortunate to have this time with you today. Our first question for you both is related to your first year of teaching and having your own classroom. What were you prepared for and what were some challenges you faced or are still facing? Um, the first thing that comes to mind that may be more directed towards just me and what I chose to do, um, as I am teaching middle school, I feel like maybe a lot of our instruction in Emporia State was focused directly on those primary elementary grades, which is understandable because most of us, I think I was one of only two in my cohort who decided to go the middle school route. Um, but I think just trying to adapt to those new middle school ideas and um, how students develop middle school has been tough. Um, but I've been able to use um, my coworkers and um, do some more professional development in the Rainbow Middle School to kind of help me um, on that struggle a little bit. Um, as far as um, areas that I feel well prepared, I would say classroom management. This was more learned by my experience in the classroom. I wouldn't say um, it was learned from the courses at ESU. It was more of when they put me in the field, I really learned what I wanted to do in my classroom. So I felt pretty strong on classroom management. And then I would say some challenges are that learning the curriculum and how to teach the curriculum that a certain district has Every district has different curriculums, so it's really hard to learn all the curriculums in um, college. So that's just been an adjustment because I wasn't taught the Olathe curriculum. Um, so that's just been my challenge that I'm working on learning um, the fourth grade curriculum, but I don't necessarily know how to fix that. It's just something as new educators, that's just part of it. It's awesome to hear that you guys felt like you're pretty well prepared and obviously there's always going to be room for improvement and growth which it's obviously going to get better with time as you guys get more experience so building off of that what has it been like starting your teaching career in the middle of the pandemic what challenges has that brought and then what have been some positives that have came out of that tough situation I think as a first year teacher uh, after talking to some of my colleagues um, over the past seven months that for me personally, it hasn't big, been as big of an adjustment as it has for some of them, because as this is my first year teaching, um, there's nothing else that I'm really used to. Like this is the first thing I've ever experienced. So teaching 
both in person and online at the same time has just kind of came natural to me because that's all I've done since September. Um, and it has been hard and it has been crazy. Um, and I've really watched a lot of my students struggle because obviously some of them don't really thrive learning at home. But then the second part of that question, which was um, some positives that have come out of it, I have some students who have told me and their parents have told me they have never been so successful ever in their lives because they're able to learn at home and learn at their own pace and have their own space to learn. Um, and I agree a lot with Dylan about how this is kind of all we've ever really known. So like the, um, how has this changed or what has, what's the difference? I can't say I have a lot of that right now. I mean, I hope when normalcy gets, whenever that happens, when it gets back to normal that I will see that. But um, as far as um, my classroom goes, I have been in person um, the whole time, but we started with hybrid. Um, and that was a challenge within itself and didn't last long, um, especially with elementary kiddos. Um, something I have noticed with my kids, I teach fourth grade and all of my kids at some point have been quarantined. Um, so with that, they are gone for, at the beginning it was 14 days. So as a teacher, I really had to look at what, how can I get them the instruction because they aren't sick. Um, and I didn't wanna fall behind or have them fall behind. So I was Zooming while teaching in person. So a positive to Zoom and things like we're doing right now is I could share my screen. I um, We have surfaces. So I was doing the math lesson on my surface while I could walk around and um, screen share it. So the kids in person were getting that and the kids watching. Um, and they still, they didn't get attendance for it, but I had several parents begging and they were at school from eight to three. Um, they did everything that they would have done in person, and I would get lessons plans ready for the weekend, drop off porch drop offs, all that. Um, it is a lot of work, but um, it I have seen a positive, and I now have the sw the swing of things on it, so it has been a lot easier. But I would say Zoom has been really helpful throughout this. But like I said, Dylan and I have never really done anything other than this, so to us, this is like okay, we've got our groove. I think we're both excited to go back to normalcy for teaching, but this is kind of all we've ever really known, which is kind of nice. Um, I'm sure being an older teacher can kind of be a struggle right now because um, this is all new. And just to add something, um, I think Jenna said something that kind of made me think. Um, my students have been going to school just like when hers were in quarantine, eight to three on Google Meet every single day. Um, and they just join their classes every hour and a half. They switch and they log in on Google Meet. And we have been teaching both on the computer and in person. And I always tell them that if I was in sixth grade, I would literally rather do anything but that um, because that is just not how I, how I would want to learn. And so I try to give them the benefit of the doubt and really help them through those things because um, like a big issue is they love to be on their phone or play video games while we're teaching. and. At some point, I'm like, well, I, I do the same thing. So I have to kind of just kind of change my mindset and help them be successful while also managing being at home for every single day. So that's great. I'm glad that you can both like see the positive in this. Um, a lot of times with the pandemic, um, everyone's kind of focusing on the negative. So it's great to hear some positives about that. Um, as you know, SEL practices are kind of on the rise. Um, and they work differently in every classroom and with every student. 
So based on your own experience, what SEL strategies or techniques have been the most beneficial in your classrooms? And why do you think those strategies work best for you? Um, I feel very fortunate as a first year teacher. Um, I teach 137 students. Um, and I, maybe it's because they're on at home half the time, but we have really had not a lot of behavior um, issues this year or really um, any visible signs of really like severe trauma. And so um, I feel like the SEL strategies I've learned and techniques um, throughout these past couple of years, I haven't put into play as much as I thought I was going to. Um, but one that really sticks out to me is in middle school, um, especially my boys, they have a lot of emotions, um, whether it's like anger, sadness, or just like being crazy and like, really trying to make me mad. Um, but I think there's a quote that I remember from school that was an escalated adult cannot de-escalate a child. And um, when they try to push my buttons or they're getting upset, I think one of the things I really had to do is let them leave the classroom, take a lap. Um, I have a de-escalation, um, like a relaxation center in my middle closet where students go to kind of like hang out and chill. We call it the good vibes corner and they kind of go and hang out and like regain their emotions and get back on track there. And that has been awesome because I would say 10 times out of 10, when they come out of that room, we can have an adult conversation and get back on track and continue with our day. So that's been really awesome. Um, so with the um, pandemic, it's kind of looked different for social emotional learning in fourth grade, but um, some things I've, as I kind of look at what my kids need that day um, because I think their emotions just change so quickly um, and especially with or what's going on, they they have every right to have those emotions change. So some things I've done are like shout outs. So they're recognizing each other for going above and beyond. Um, these kids love being recognized and in the spotlight because that was taken away from them last year and they weren't in the spotlight anymore. They were with their parents. Um, so they are like eating that up right now um, and absolutely love. And I've covered my entire door with all the shout outs. And it's just like a big collage of all these shout outs. Um, and then teamwork games I have found are really helpful because kids have been isolated. And I've noticed that they can be short with each other. Um, I have noticed that they have forgotten how to act around other kids, especially when they are competing, because when they were at home, they had a screen in front of them. So they could say anything they wanted, nothing's gonna come back at them. So I've done a lot of teamwork and what's it gonna look like when you lose? How do we cheer on another team without being disrespectful? Um, that's been a lot of my SEL um, as far as that goes. And I am very strong on morning meetings and morning agenda. So going over what the day looks like so that they know. Um, the pandemic has really put them on edge as far as trying to figure out what is coming. Um, and they have a lot of questions with not many answers. So I try to provide them with as many answers as to what my day looks like. We talk about current events. Um, I, try to, I try to stay middle of the road. This is what I know. Um, they get a lot of that at home because no one can really go anywhere. So all they're doing is watching the news and they're very uneasy. So if I can pro provide them structure throughout the day and know what's coming, then I feel like they are at ease. And if there's a change to the schedule, they are gonna know five times there's a change so that we are not thrown off. So that's kind of how I've done um, SEL in my classroom. It depends on what the kids need. This looks different every week, every month. Um, 
It just depends on the kids. I love that you both mentioned focusing on your students' needs and their emotions. To add to that, we know that social emotional growth in students positively impacts classroom management. What have you both learned about classroom management in your first year of teaching? And how have you balanced classroom management both in person and online? The first thing that comes to mind when I think of classroom management in person and online is like an awful experience. Um, it's like been really eye-opening um, and I truly hope we never have to do this again. Um, but I personally have found it to be pretty successful even though it is hard. Um, I just really try to let my students know whether they're online or in person because we really talk a lot about trust in my classroom and how um, if I want to trust them as a student, they have to trust me as a teacher. And then if I can't get to them right away, they're just going to have to be patient. Um, I oftentimes use breakout rooms as a way to facilitate peer-to-peer -peer support. Um, because as I've been telling them about this coming week, when I'm going to have 22 students in the classroom and four online, obviously the majority of my focus is going to be on those kids in my classroom. And if they can use their friends or their peers to help get that answer they're looking for, um, that's going to be super beneficial for them, especially as they work their way up through middle school and into high school. Um, and then I think on the behavior side of it, that's more the academic side. Um, I just want them to know that it's okay to have fun in my classroom, um, but we have to have that level of a boundary between um, it's like a party all the time and then also learning. Um, and so just making sure they know that I'm there for them and I trust them and they trust me and it's been very smooth so far. So I'm looking forward to having more kids in person. I think it'll be a big change as far as classroom management um, is concerned. Um, but that's why this next week, we're gonna spend a lot of time as a school um, going over our non-negotiables and expectations again, just to kind of reinforce those behaviors. Um, I'm going to touch on kind of in person. Um, a lot of what Dylan said is what I would do when I was in hybrid. Um, but as far as in person goes, when I hear classroom management, I just say it is so important and I cannot stress this enough. This is probably, in my opinion, one of the biggest aspects of teaching, in my opinion, that if you don't have strong classroom management, I don't know how you're going to teach the kids the lesson. Um, so I've just been really strong on my non-negotiables, like Dylan said, um, and I'm very clear on my expectations and I always state what I expect. I expect you to go back to your desk quietly. I am looking for students who are at their desk quietly. I'm looking to award table points, always giving that positive, um, behavior and awarding that. And I've really found I about, I discovered this about halfway through um, the year is kids love to do jobs. And they love to be busy. So like yesterday, my kids are like, Miss Pennington, your door looks boring. I was like, okay, great. How about you do that? And they are like eating it up. Um, and they found a picture online. They're measuring the door. They're, so they're using math and um, teamwork. And so I've just learned to give students jobs, have them help each other with enrichment. I've noticed kids are like, is it a grade? Then I don't want to do it. If it's not a great, I'm not going to be enriched. So I'm like, okay, well, why don't you go help that kiddo? If you can help them, then that's showing me you, you understand the content. So I've just really put the kids to work. Um, it's made my life easier. And so that's kind of what my classroom management looks like. I have a um, classroom economy in my classroom for management. And so I apply real life into that. Um, and I've seen it 
really successful for this year. Um, and it's so money, fake money, but they can, they have it. Um, and I think that having kids have possessions over things, especially to, during this pandemic has really been key because um, everything was taken away from them so quickly. So that's a little glimpse into um, my classroom management and kind of my style, but stay consistent and stay strong is what I would just say. That's so awesome to hear that you guys have both found classroom management strategies that are working for you. I like Dylan, how you touched on like the trust between you and the students and the student, the teacher trust. And then Jenna, like with what you said, just about having like job because that makes the students feel like they have an important role in the classroom. So building on teaching is a career in which we are always learning and continuing our education. So what are some resources you guys have both used to like further your learning and what goals do you guys have as educators? The thing that kind of sticks out to me to the most when reading that question or hearing that question is um, what resources do I use? And I think a lot of times, and at least my experiences with talking to other first-year teachers, um, a lot of my friends like don't interact with their administration very often. It's just like they're just there to do their job and they teach with the kids um, and they go on about their daily lives. Um, I am super close to my four principals. I'm in middle school, so we have a lot of them. Um, and they have been the biggest help ever. Um, anything that I need, they're always like right there to help me out with. Um, I've had principals pop in and like start teaching the lesson with me just because the kids are like, oh my God, a principal can teach, no way. So then they like hop in and start doing something fun with us. Um, and it's just awesome because whether it's a book that they want me to read, they always give me a copy of it. Um, I've been to two conferences and um, fortunately my administration has paid for me to go to both of them because they told me that, um, that until I ask, I never know the answer. So if I, I just asked them to pay and they did. So. Um, that was awesome. And I think just having their constant support is super cool because um, I've always felt valued and supported in whatever I did and had that support of them um, throughout. Um, I think like my internal goal as an educator is to truly make students enjoy coming to school. Um, in middle school, a lot of them would rather do literally anything else besides come sit in a classroom all day. Um, but it's been awesome to see them kind of open up and come to enjoy school. Um, I've had a student tell me that they've never felt so comfortable in a classroom in their life than when they're in my classroom, which is super awesome to hear um, because we're able to focus on things besides just science content, which is super cool. Um, and then I guess professionally, one of my goals would be to eventually, I would love to be a um, social emotional learning interventionist. So like focus strictly on SEL within a school um, and then I love to be in, in administration someday. So that's my goals. Um, as far as what I kind of, what resources I use, um, I use my team quite a bit. And as first year teachers, that's kind of who you're going to fall back on. Um, my instructional coach, she does um, a great job with helping me plan instruction, seeing what's best um, for my students and then other teachers. I've gone to third grade and said, what does what your writing look like? Where are they coming from? Obviously, that looks a little different because the year got stopped halfway through. So that looks a little different. But I do say, what, what does it look like? Um, how can I push them as far as that goes? Um, I am very, I am a reflective teacher. So lately, I've noticed that my kids kids are not liking writing. They are not, they hate it. Heads down on the table, not working. So I approached my instructional coach and asked, 
this isn't working. What can I do about it? What can I, what is their program? And so she went to the head of um, Olathe and I'm actually going to start piloting the, the, um, it's called units of study. Um, and she's like, go for it, try it fourth quarter. So that's kind of something, be honest with yourself, get those resources. And there's going to be times it's going to flop. And as educators, we need to be okay with that. Um, and just have your people behind you to support you. Um, it's not all going to be, um, smooth, easy going. Um, it's about the journey. And so, um, that's kind of what I've done. And then as far as some goals, so as far as kids related, I want to always teach kids to be a positive impact, um, in our society and to be active members of society. So that's kind of where I'm trying to teach them real world, um, things, application, just like the classroom economy. Um, so that's kind of how I'm doing that. And then I plan to start my master's in the fall um, through Emporia State, actually. And I want to eventually be an instructional coach if I don't stay a teacher all of my life. I don't know where that'll get me um, as far as how long I'll teach, but so far I'm loving it. So um, that's kind of my plan and the goals that I have for my students and I. It's so great to hear both of your inputs and your goals for the future, um, considering you are both very recently um, have in, entered the classroom. So what advice do you have for pre-service teachers like us who are about to enter the teaching profession? My number one piece of advice would be um, when you're in the classroom to just be you. Um, Working at the middle school on a team, um, I am one of seven teachers on my team who my students see um, every other day. Um, and a lot of times I've heard students say they enjoy coming to my class because they can tell that I really truly enjoy what I'm doing. Um, and I think that's just because I have a passion for teaching and so I'm able to um, put that onto my students and it's not like fake. Um, and I really truly enjoy being there. So um, I play music super loud and some teachers don't like it, but that's what I like to do. And the kids love it and it makes them enjoy learning. So I would just say, be you and truly stay authentic to who you are as a teacher um, and as an individual when you're in your classroom. Um, so I actually really liked um, like this question. So my motto this year has kind of been do what is best for kids, do what's best for your kids um, and follow your heart after you answer that question. Sometimes it might not be what your team is doing, but you need to continue to ask yourself, do what is best for your kids. What's best for their kids or your team's kids is different than your kids. Um, and then create a vision for your classroom. Really think about what you want that to look like. You will have a classroom of your own very soon. Take what you like and apply it. You're going to see mentor teachers and say, I really like that, or that's not me. Take what you can, leave what you can. Um, after all, it's your teaching style and um, that's okay. You're creating that. I'm still creating it as I go. I try something. I'm like, nope, never again. Um, and that's just part of it. Um, I believe that a teaching style, I think it takes about three years. Um, and I'm, I have that I've got a ways to go. Um, like Dylan said, always have a learning mindset and continue to have fun. Bring the fun into fun fundamentals um, because if it's not fun, they're not gonna be engaged. Um, so just make sure to bring that fun into the learning and then ask for help. 
this can be hard in this profession, but you are not meant to do this alone. So always reach out for help. Um, they are here to help you. Um, I know it can be hard um, at times as well. So that's kind of my advice. But at the end of the day, really think about, um, is it what's best for my kids? Am I doing what's best for them? Well, Dylan and Jenna, we are so thankful you shared your time and knowledge with us today. Um, we know you both will continue to grow and do great things in and outside of the classroom. You're already making a huge difference in students' lives, and we know you will continue to make an impact. Thank you. You can find more episodes of How We Teach This on your favorite podcast platform.